Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the infamous Gabriel Montalvo. Good to see you, Gabe. It's been a little while since I've seen... I was going to give you a compliment, but I've decided just to say... Since I've seen your face across this uh, StreamYard platform. But, guys, before we get into our topic today, just a quick reminder to please visit our website at EmpireStateConservatives.com, which has links to all of our social media sites, links to all of our shows, and most importantly for us, because it's what keeps us in business, links to all of our merchandise, which is available for sale. It is all beautiful, amazing things like the shirt I am wearing right now. Gabe is not helping us by wearing a shirt for the podcast, but, you know, it's fine. He just doesn't care as much as I do. I got fat. Got to lose the weight so I can wear the shirts, which I'm doing. Oh, and it correlates what we're doing today. Okay. Yes, fair point. Gabe needs to learn how to do push-ups better because apparently they don't teach you that in the National Guard. But we will talk about push-ups. We will talk about other things today because today we are talking about what has been going on a lot in the news cycle recently. And I like to call it the death of women's sports if it is allowed to continue. And that is... Uh, differences between biological males and females in sports and the introduction of biological males into women's sports, which some claim is not a problem yet, so we shouldn't do anything about it, but why wait until it is a problem? But let's get started, Gabe. First, let's talk about Leah Thomas a little bit. Sure. Um, Leah Thomas, and again, just for the sake of argument, um, when referring to Leah Thomas, I'll probably refer to him or her by different pronouns. So uh, anyone who's listening, please don't get offended. It is not on purpose. I don't know Leah Thomas. I don't really care about Leah Thomas. But in Leah Thomas has been in the forefront of this issue. So it is important to mention Leah Thomas. Uh, Leah Thomas was a mid-range male swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania, um, a prestigious Ivy League school. And then Leah Thomas decided to become Leah Thomas. And apparently now is smashing world records or collegiate, collegiate records, whichever one they are, um, and beating women like a red-headed stepchild. It doesn't really seem fair, does it, Gabe? And uh, I've had, there's a lot of people weighing in on these issues and a lot of different opinions on it. And I'm going to preface everything I'm going to say this episode by saying I don't watch women's sports. Okay? I don't find women's sports entertaining. Um, I'd rather watch male sports. But women's sports are important for women, for young girls. It is important that they have that space to be able to play sports in a safe and competitive environment. Um, and it's not fair that you would have biological men, whatever the left wants to call them. They make up new names every single day. But it's not fair to have biological men playing sports against biological women. And we've seen that with Leah Thomas and a few other things. Uh, Gabe, what is your kind of initial thoughts on the whole you know, just, you know, if someone thinks that they're a woman, just let them go compete against women. I mean, when you look at, I mean, we've said this for, for years and I right? just look at the science, trust the science. When you look at the actual numbers uh, behind a person who has transitioned uh, when they're now competing against biological women, they always get blown out of the water. Uh, it's happened time and time again. And I was actually just looking up to confirm this uh, from New Zealand, uh, Laurel Hubbard. Uh, was the first openly transgender athlete to compete at the Olympic Games and what, just destroy the competition. You know, so it, she's, and that's powerlifting. That's something where uh, we can go into different muscle groups of, um, you know, and the differences between men and women. But this is somebody who was obviously biologically a male um, at birth and then decided that they wanted to transition. And now this person was, uh, when they were still a man, actually had uh it wasn't the best uh, at their at, uh, within their class but certain certainly uh better than the average person and now when you're removing them from that sort of competition and being able to rank amongst the highest once you uh change your gender almost like on a uh on a piece of paper and uh, sure you can go into a little bit of the hormone treatment therapy but it doesn't necessarily do much when you are still going from a mid-tier level or lower tier level all the way up to the uh, one uh, first uh, 99% time. It's something that's unheard of. Yeah. And again, there are natural advantages that men have over women into physically that are extremely um, helpful in terms of sports, in terms of other physical activities. Men have better bone density. We have stronger tendons. We have 
um, more dense muscle. We have naturally more muscle mass, more upper body strength, um, more lower body strength. So that big lie that they always tell you, oh, well, women don't have a lot of upper body strength, but their legs are stronger than men. No, women have more strength in their lower body, but men will still have more strength in their legs. Um, so to have men compete against women and on every level, this is not just in terms of professional. This is not just in terms of Olympics. This is ter- this goes all the way down in high school. This goes all the way down until boys really hit puberty and not even all the way through puberty. Once they're like kind of a few years into puberty, men will dominate women's in, women in sports. And we've seen this. Um, there are a few articles that you can look online. And this is all verifiable. This is all things that have happened that I've researched. You've had the U.S. women's national team who were the great best women's soccer team in the whole world. They lost a scrimmage to a under 15 boys team from Texas. So it, even though, okay, and, and the article will say, oh, well, they didn't have their stars. It doesn't matter. You lost to 15, under 15-year-old boys. The women's Canadian national hockey team regularly warms up for their international competition against junior men's teams, which is usually about 15 and 16-year-olds. And they will get swamped, like 8 nothing, and they'll have like three shots on goal. And this is without hitting. So it's not like, oh, well, the boys were hitting them and they're not used to getting hit. No, they're not playing with hitting because it's a scrimmage and they're playing against women. They will get destroyed. And it just goes to show that even teenage boys are able to beat grown women. And so it's a little more anecdotal that you can't really look up. My brother, who played freshman basketball when he was in high school, they played against the girls team, which was conference champions the year before. My brother was on freshman basketball, not JV, freshman. So he was essentially JV2. My brother is a short little white guy. He's not very fast. They beat the girls team. Okay. The conference champions, the JV2 team was able to beat them. So this isn't something that, and we're not here to gloat over women's sports. The whole point of this is to show you that there is a big difference in terms of physicality between men and women. And there, again, there are numerous instances. Again, there's not hundreds of instances yet because this whole biological men and women's sports is relatively new but we had the mma fighter who was transgender who cracked the woman's orbital bone and as our loyal fan robin vase is saying uh biology yes it's essentially it's just biology this is just the way that it is men and women are built differently and all throughout nature male and female animals have different traits and for different reasons so when looking at these things it's in order to put biological men and i don't care if they've been on hormone blockers i don't care if they've gone through testosterone lowering treatments because if you've done any research on this um you're still allowed to have about twice as much testosterone as a normal female if you are transitioning in order to compete in college sports at least college swimming so twice the amount of testosterone testosterone is that that um hormone that gives men that big advantage it's what makes us go bigger which makes us go stronger which is why men who take anabolic steroids, they're taking testosterone in order to get bigger and stronger. So you're essentially putting in a bigger, stronger, faster animal against a slower animal. It's like putting a German shepherd in the ring against like a dachshund. It's not going to go well for the dachshund. And the fact that anyone is defending putting biological men in women's sports it minimizes women and they're all these are all the people who claim to champion women right it's all the people who said believe all women you know women's right oh you know, and the patriarchy and the patriarchy you're installing a patriarchy into women's sports and i don't have kids yet but if i had a daughter and they were allowing boys to play she's not playing she's not playing in that league she's not playing for that school i'm not putting her against biological males because i play beer league hockey and there are girls that play in our league and guess what they can't even the girl who she looks so great during warm-ups, right? She's so tough, can't hold up against the guys, even against guys who aren't that good, because physically it's just not there. Well, I mean, uh, in the spirit of talking about competitions, uh, the Marine Corps, I believe it was in 2014, had conducted a study uh, where they had uh, two sets of fire teams. One was all male, the other one was integrated um, with uh, females. And they had found that the all-male team was able to complete the tasks faster uh, and a bit more efficient than you could than you would with the integrated teams. And this included, um, you know, rescuing your uh, team member from uh, uh, from uh, dangerous situations or like recovery, 
as well as uh, general marksmanship uh, averages were also higher, uh, as well as when it came to like the ruck marches being done in, in certain amounts of times. There was a lot of, it was a very physical test and the all-male team had one uh, compared to the integrated one, they actually found that the men were actually waiting on some of their female uh, counterparts. And it's about holding people to the same sort of standard here. Um, and I know that this is necessarily when it comes to sports, but we will get into some fitness standards soon. But when it comes to the military, uh, it doesn't matter if you go in for college or if you're going in for patriotism, the point is to be able to be combat effective, uh, no matter what job that you that you hold. Yeah, and a hundred percent. And the whole thing that I've I kind of had been thinking about this for a while, because Gabe, I know you're in the National Guard. Anyone who's spoken to me knows that I went through the Westchester County Police Department, even though now I work in uh, special education, which is kind of more like working in a prison. Um, but I was thinking about this for a while, and I was always wondering, like, why are the standards for women? And we're gonna we'll get more in depth in this in a second before we we kind of start. I want to circle back to women's sports a little bit and the the opportunities that women lose but it's kind of like a participation trophy right it's okay if you're a man you need to be at this standard but you know we don't want to dis like not include women so we're going to put you in at this standard you're not as good as the man but you can still do it so as a man why 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 can't i be down here like why is my standard higher and there's a reason why the standard is as high as it is for men but it should be the same and if you want to do the same job as someone, you should have the same qualifications. If I want to teach in a school, I have to have the same qualifications, whether I'm male or female. I need to have the qualifications. So why for a job that's physical, a job that is dangerous, a job where you're responsible for the lives of not only yourself, your teammates, um, your fellow officers, firefighters, whatever it is, the, the general public, why is the standard lower? And it's this participation mentality trophy that's been going on since even I was a kid. And it's just, it, it's not a good way to do things. But there is more besides just the fact that biological men are going to bi dominate biological women in sports. It's just going to happen. Um, it, it's a fact. It very rarely is there a female that can compete with biological men. And a few years ago, they had, I forgot what her name was, but she was pitching the Little League World Series. And she did amazing for one game. And everyone's like, oh my God, she might be the first women to play Major League Baseball. And I'm like, no, she won't. Because she's 14, or whatever she was, 13, 14, she's been going through puberty for probably about three years. These boys who are 13 have only been going through puberty for like a year, maybe two. She's Or she's further ahead on the biological scale than them. But once boys kind of really get into puberty around 14 years old, they are going to dominate girls in sports. It's just going to happen. That's when the testosterone's really been in your system for a few years. You, be, you know, as long as you've been... You know, you have, you're gaining muscle. You have you have stronger tendons. You have quicker muscles. It's it's just the way that it is, and it just it doesn't make any sense to want to have to just allow biological men into women's sports. Because if I decided tomorrow, right, I'm I'm a beer league hockey player. That is the extent of my skill. If I decided tomorrow, I listen. I have NCAA, um, what's it called? Eligibility. I've never I didn't play college sports. I'm going to re-enroll in college. I'm going to identify as a female and I want to play. I can, I can play hockey. I'm a decent player. I guarantee you, I could find a women's team that I could make just based on the fact that I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than probably 99.99% of them, if not a hundred percent of them. I will have a, an initial advantage right off the bat simply because I am a man. And all I would have to do is take one year or two years take testosterone, lose about 5 to 7% of my overall strength. Me losing 5 to 7% of my overall strength still makes me stronger than probably 99% of women. Well, I'll be 85% of women, if not more. All right? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. The standards aren't there. And beyond that, now, let's go back to Leah Thomas really quick. I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit. I wanted to do, to really hit the sports thing before we got into the fitness standards because the fitness standards are really going to back up what we're saying here. Leah Thomas had a, uh, went to Penn, right? Was on the men's swimming team. Now Leah Thomas is on the women's swimming team. There's a finite amount of spaces on that women's swimming team. They don't just go, oh, we carry 20 swimmers. And then Leah Thomas comes in, oh, we'll carry 21. No, no, they still carry 20 swimmers. 
So that girl who's at the end of that is now knocked off. So now that girl, is, that girl has now lost an opportunity to compete in Ivy League swimming because Leah Thomas decided that he was going to identify as a woman. Okay? Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. We're not arguing the fact that if someone wants to identify as whatever they is, that's fine. Listen, if you're an adult, do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Just don't be hurting kids. And that's a whole nother episode for a whole nother story that we will get into eventually. But it's just, it's it's pure nonsense. And so, one, you're taking away that spot, right? Now, college sports a lot of the times leads to other opportunities for women. It leads to coaching opportunities. It can lead to training opportunities. It can lead to broadcasting opportunities, right? How many times has Anita Marks on ESPN talked about, oh, I played, I played professional football. I was quarterback. You didn't play professional football. You played women's flag football, okay? It's not the same as the NFL. If you got paid, yes, you were a professional, but you played professional flag football. You were not a professional football player. Flag football and real football are not the same sport, okay? But if Anita Marks hadn't done that, might she have, she might not have gotten a job at ESPN. She might have had to go into another career field. But because she had that opportunity to play sports, it gave her a career path. So now you're taking that away from somebody. And whether it's one-to-one or it's more than one-to-one, it's regardless. It's, a, again, it's a man taking a spot from a woman. It's something that is supposed to be sacred. Sports is supposed to be sacred. We talk about this a lot. Sports is not supposed to be apolitical. And the left has done this where they've injected politics into all sports, right? Sports is supposed to be apolitical. But you're taking something away There's a, from women. And there's a reason why men, again, again, we've been through this the whole time. There's a reason why there's men's division and women's division. Because women cannot compete in men's sports. Physically, they can't. And we're going to get into the fitness standards for police and military and a few other things that will back it all up. But if you look at just at the end result, the world record times, and we talked about this a little bit in that Duke article I sent you. Yes. The race times the in for swimming and for all these other things, the, the longer the distance gets for swimming, the bigger the gap is in terms of the record. Mm-hmm. And there's also the amount of males who are over the age of like 14 who beat the women's world record times. Yeah, so, so in, the, in the Duke Law um, article that you were talking about, you know, this is... Uh... This is a research paper, essentially, and I would say it's as as independent as one could get when looking into this sort of um, sort of information because it's not coming from you know MSNBC, Fox, or CNN. Uh, They actually compared boys under the age of eighteen to the most elite female uh, athletes. Uh, So, for example, you have the pole vault; women would get four point ninety one meters; the boy would get five point thirty one. And I say, boy, under the age of 18. And remember, a, remember, a meter know. is over three feet. So this isn't like, oh, it's a foot difference. This is like a four. It's about a four, four and a half foot difference in height. Right. And these are, you know, again, now these are just, they're not fully developed um, biological males. Uh, when you look at even, what is it? The high jump, you have best uh, women's result, 2.06 meters. Best boy result, 2.25 and the, the list can, uh, you know, continues. Then when you go from, the, when you're looking at the same sort of uh, events uh, in comparison between uh, men and women, you find that, what is it, the pole vault? Again, we're looking at 4.91 for uh, women versus six meters for a fully adult man. Now, you're looking at what? Another, another event. We have the 800 meter, sorry, 1500 meter dash. That's what? Three minutes, 56 seconds versus three minutes, 28. And there can be more examples that were being pulled up here, but in every single sort of like, a, and this is even just sticking to like the cardiovascular, it's sort of like using your own strength. This isn't weightlifting, powerlifting, you know, uh, wrestling. This is you being able to push your body to, I'd say, very, uh, very difficult limits. To be and able 30, to and 30, 30 seconds in running is huge. It's massive. And it's the same thing with swimming. Like some of the swimming stuff, it's like, oh, well, it's only a two-second difference. Two seconds in swimming is a huge difference. Any type of race, once you get over a second difference, it's massive. Because if, when the top swimmers are competing against each other, if they're close, it's usually like a fraction of a second. It's less than half a second difference. So the fact that the these they're getting destroyed by almost a minute or just over half a minute, it just shows that it, everything it and we've and 
all the research has been done. You know, again, we talked about this. It's um, muscle mass. It's bone density. It's tendon strength. It's um, it's speed. It's 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 even hand-eye coordination. It's reaction time. It's VO2 max. All of these things, lung capacity. It's all greater. I remember I was I think I was at camp once and we were doing like foot rate. They were doing foot races on the uh, on the tennis courts. I think it was like fourteen or something. And they were like, oh, this girl's so fast. She could beat any of the guys, any of them. And I was like, I'll beat her. Like, no, no, you won't beat her. She's so she's so fast. You're not going to beat her. There's no way. She was quick. There was about four tennis courts. We went across them, you know, width-wise. I beat her by two tennis courts. Two tennis courts. It, it's, it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, and this is the final table that compares the best women's, best boys, and best men's result. So you'll find that, for example, the long jump, 7.13 meters for women, for boys, 7.88 meters. And for men, it's six, uh, sorry, 8.65 meters. Uh, the number of times that men will outperform the female best or their, their new highest standard is 4,801 times. That is a huge discrepancy. So now you have somebody who is able to achieve that because when you are training, to be in any sort of sport, especially when you're going to professional sports, you have the ability to even get into the Olympics, uh, which is the best of every single nation. Um, you are able to, you're able to train at a very high capacity to be able to have that new standard to be the best of the best. Now, let's say then you make the decision of, or you have the come to the realization moment that you were born in the wrong body or whatever personal decision that is or personal um you know, inner inner conversation, you're only being knocked down a couple of pegs in comparison to what you're able to do. And that's really the gist of what we're trying to get at here. And the there's been studies done on a more I say a, a different side as opposed to the uh, males and women's sports, as Evan had said previously, because this was ne never necessarily an issue. There's always been around two percent of a population that was uh, transsexual, now getting into the term of transgender throughout history, maybe a little, and the, and the numbers vary. It's only been recent that we've really recorded this, but the, you know, history has shown that there is that that sort of a you know outlier within a population. It does not make up the majority. But now, every time you turn on the news, uh, it's something having to do with the challenges that a transgender person make, uh, faces while competing in these sports, and it's usually when it comes to the to the backlash. And the only reason why there's such backlash is because, as Evan said, there are only specific amounts of slots for people to compete at an elite level. That also comes with scholarships. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, student debt. Sure, we're at one, we're over one trillion dollars of student debt in this country, and for some people, they're not able to afford to go to these sorts of schools and get into these sorts of events. So they need to be able to be at that elite level. Those opportunities then become gone. You're in, you're including a new category almost of elite athletes within uh, within a division that has been able to time and time again outperform and in the most violent scenarios uh, within a controlled environment you're looking at mma where a transgender uh female so a male to free uh male to female broke the woman her opponent's skull that's not something that anyone should really be proud of and there's no reason for in that sport to be able to even go that hard at somebody but here we have that 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 uh, weight class almost that weight difference and i mean that in the sense of i don't care if you know mike tyson was a bit more into my weight he can still knock the hell out of me yeah i mean and and it's the same thing we talk about this a lot it's men and women who are even the same height and size the man's gonna have a huge huge advantage and it's it's not even close and we saw again you saw that with the mma fight with fractured her orbital bone and again i'm not going to we're not going to get too deep into that whether or not it was some sort of weird sick sadistic fantasy that it was a man who wanted to beat up on women and we're not going to get into that because again there's little to no evidence of that but it puts women at risk and again that fight slot that went to that biological male for that mma fight again took an opportunity from a biological woman to make money and to compete in women's MMA because they wanted to kowtow to somebody who was going through a psychological issue. And again, all support to people who are dealing with these things. 
get the help that you need. Hopefully you are able to deal with it. But it doesn't mean that other people should sacrifice their opportunities to kowtow to you. It, it, it's not the way the world works. This person didn't earn it. Just like Leah Thomas didn't earn a spot on that women's team. Leah Thomas was a male swimmer who was middle of the road and now all of a sudden is winning women's competitions because they decided, hey, I'm a woman. Whether or not it was specifically for sports, whether it was because he's actually going through gender dysphoria, whatever it is. I don't even know his reason. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference. It's irrelevant to the conversation. The problem is people want to inject feelings into this. And all you need to do is look at raw data and see how women are being affected by having biological men compete in women's sports. It, I don't care if if they're men who fail the sports. I don't care if they're men who actually think they're women. I don't care. There's no feeling that should allow a man to compete in women's sports and put women at risk and take opportunities from women. No, 100%. And uh, I think this might be a good time for us to transition a bit more into the actual differences that, we, that we've seen. Uh, and I'd like to actually start off with something that's um, a bit close to, well, very close to home. Uh, when it comes to the uh, ACFT, the new ACFT, for those of you who don't know, is called the, uh, it stands for the Army Combat um, Physical uh, Fitness Test. That was supposed to uh, replace, or it is replacing our old physical fitness test, uh, which was just a three event, two minute sit up, two minute push up and a two mile run. It was a lot easier to max out. Um, and then with this new six event test, they wanted to make it actually gender and age neutral. This came out, uh, I think we first caught wind of hearing stuff about this in like 2016, 2017, it was kind of confirmed that this was happening. And then now the standards in 2020, as of April 1st have been set. And now people have to readjust and train for the new standards. What we found uh, was actually th that you cannot you cannot make a gender neutral exam. You, you're not able to. And I mean, you could, you could. You could. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be technically fair to women because you would have a disproportionate amount of women failing, and then it would be called sexist, and then they would ask for them to change it. Well. I'd say you, you're not able to, at least from our sense, because in the army we failed at it, and that's why we actually went back and regendered uh, the the uh, fitness standards, as well as added a, a, the age bracket back again. Before in the OPT test, that's what you're able to do. Now with the ACFT, it was supposed to be, you know, if you wanted to make the minimum, depending on a certain job category. So if you're infantry, you had to, you know, lift a bit more, obviously, uh, as opposed to if you were just in HR. So, but then they, they got rid of that. They got rid of it 100%. And now it's, um, I, you, you find the standards here. And actually, I have some numbers here of what had happened. And proving this point, it's 52% of, enli of enlisted active duty women were able to pass the original design. So that means that 48% of an active duty military on the female side had failed the ACFT. Then when you look at the National Guard and the Reserves, there's only a 1% difference. National Guard, only 42% of women were able to pass. And with the reserve component, only 41% were able to pass. So over half of your force is also not able to perform to a static capacity. For the women who I have served with, uh, some of them have never really trained uh, on deadlifting before. They never really attempted. And that's fine. I was never a deadlifting guy either. But even for me, and even having a hex bar, I was able to, you know, squat down and just stand up with a hex bar three times with a 140 pounds uh, of weight. Some of these women stepped in, tried to stand up, and fell backwards. It was a little bit heavier than them, uh, or a lot heavier because some of them are really small, but they were not able to get it up there. That was, some of their, that was some of their hardest tests. And now you're looking at the grading levels now when it comes to the maximum deadlift, for a male to achieve a 100% score, they have to be able to deadlift 340 pounds. For a female, it is 200, uh, 210. Sorry, 200. Yeah, 210. Wait, so for, the top the top deadlift for man is males are only 340. Yes, it's only that's still not even that high. Like when I was when I was working at the gym, my shoulder was all jacked up. It's not fixed now. Uh, about a year ago, I got shoulder surgery. But I was working out for years. I went to the police academy with a shoulder injury. I did all these things with a shoulder injury. And I would deadlift probably about 265 before my shoulder started to really hurt. And I'm not a big guy, 
I'm about 5'8", 160, 170, usually anywhere in that range. And I would run classes and I would teach women how to deadlift. And the next closest woman who was in amazing shape, she was actually very, very strong for a woman. Uh, she was maxing out at about 150 and she couldn't do any more than that. And she'd been working out a long, like this woman was in amazing shape and she couldn't, she couldn't get over 150. And, and it's just, I mean, that's not even that. I mean, that's a good deadlift. I mean, it's not, it's not nothing to, you know, sneer at. Um, I'm pretty sure I probably wouldn't even be able to get back up to that based on my size or ability. But the fact that it's that much of a difference for a hundred percent and you don't even need to be a hundred percent, but to get to a hundred percent for them to do the same job and have that big of a difference, that's huge. It's a very big difference. And what's interesting is that, and this was uh, going up based off of the 17 to 21 uh, age bracket, uh, those standards. So actually when you get to from 22 to, to 36, it actually goes up to um, 230 pounds for a hundred percent. Then it goes back to the 210. If you look at the male standards, you want to max out that exam. Again, it is 340 pounds consistently. Now, if you want to do the bare minimum for 60% for women, it is only 120 and for males, it is 140. Uh, and then you also have the, uh, the sprint drag carry. Now that is an event where you have to, um, you, you start off on the ground, you push up, you sprint 25 meters there and back. So it's already 50. Then you pull a 90 pound sled, you do some laterals and you do a kettlebell uh, walk back and forth and then you finish off with the sprint. That's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty good workout, actually pretty good uh, test. But again, looking back at the uh, younger age bracket here from 17 to 21, you're looking at for the hundred percent goal. Uh, if you are a, if you're a female, that is one minute and 55 seconds. If you're a male, you have to do it in a minute and 30 seconds. And again, we're talking about, we're going back to seconds. Seconds matter. Seconds matter when it comes to a race that can mean the difference between getting a hundred and uh, getting lower. I mean, when I was, when I got a basic training, it was probably the, the best shape of my life. And I was able to run two miles in 13 minutes and 10 seconds, but because Show I had that 10 seconds, thank you. Thank you. But because, <laughs> but because I had that 10 seconds um, difference, I got like, I, I think it was by that time, like a 99 or a 98, you know, but put that in a, in a, let's say a combat scenario, then it's like, okay, well, what 10 seconds is a long time. That's the difference between life and death. Between getting out of there without anyone seeing you and being completely and being completely overrun. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not even close. It's ridiculous. Ten seconds yeah. is huge. Yeah, like run across the street and then wait ten seconds and have somebody look and like have someone like you know semi observing you and see if they oh I noticed that person afterwards or, or even play that uh, you know when you're um, at a what is it at a stoplight. And then it would put other people in jeopardy, though, because let's say, again, you're running with someone, let's say, and let's say they're at the max, right? And there's still mm -hmm. that 10 second difference between you. And you're trying to get out of somewhere. You're not leaving her behind. Right. You're now waiting for this person. Now you're putting two people at jeopardy, if not more. And we mm -hmm. see this a lot with, again, I don't want to harp on this too much because I don't want to act like we're trying to degrade women. We're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is show that there is a huge difference in physicality between men and women. Um, anyone who's been on the internet has seen the videos of female cops trying to assist male cops fighting sus suspects. And usually it's this tiny woman with either an, uh, a baton or just her hands just trying to grab somebody and it's just not working. And if you ever watch court cam, there's one where a female cop tries to push down on this, this, uh, this guy in court. She tries to push down on him and he just like flips her over his shoulder right onto mm -hmm. the table. And then this dude just tackles him. It's horrible. And Again, the fit, there is a place in police departments for women. There is a place in the military for women. And I almost laughed really, really loudly, though. Uh, I had to hold it in when you said HR. And all I could think of is like going, going through like training because I went through the police academy and it's like a mini boot camp. It's not the same thing. It's a little bit different. But just imagine them yelling. It's like, you know, what, what are you here to do? And everyone's like, to kill. And everyone's like, to be an HR. <laughs> I love paperwork, sir. It's just like. <laughs> but it, it is has, it has job opportunities post uh, separation i'll say that uh, and defend my my adjutant court but again there should be a minimum standard for certain jobs and again the minimum standard should be the same because if we're talking about combat right 
the standard is life or death. The standard should be the same for men and women. Let's look at fire departments. The standards are not the same. If my house is on fire and I am trapped, do you think that I care that they that they have um, some like hundred pound female who got in? It's like, thank God a woman firefighter got into my house while this beam is laying across me. No, send the two hundred and thirty pound dude who can throw the beam off me and carry me out like I'm a golden retriever puppy in one of those TikTok videos everyone's watching. That's what I want. Like, you send in that 100-pound female, guess what? We're both dead. And it, there again, if you want to have them in different roles, fine. But in terms of physicality, in terms of life and death, there needs to be a distinction. And you can't just be like, well, you know, they can't keep up, but we don't want to exclude them. It's life and death. And it goes back to the part where women and, women and men are biologically different. They are physically different. Men have the advantage. We were designed bigger, stronger, faster. We are the hunters, right? They are the nurturers. It is that way for a reason. Those roles developed not because men decided that they wanted to go hunting. It was because if the men sent the women to go hunting, the women didn't come back. They got eaten by the saber-toothed tiger, okay? You send the men out. You send the big, strong dudes out to go kill the animal. Have the women there to do their job. Everyone has roles. And, and again, again, this so yeah, women's sports should be sacred for women. They should have that opportunity to play. I'm not saying women shouldn't play sports. I'm saying men shouldn't play women's sports. I'm saying women should have their own sacred sports, and you shouldn't have biological men going in there. Just wanted to make sure. Keep clarifying that, so someone right. can just take random segments of this show and go, "Oh, they said women can't play sports." Not, not what we're talking about. We're saying women should play sports, but men should not play sports with women. No, it's true. It's this is it was separate so that people would be able to recognize for their achievements. Uh, it's also the, it's also the same reason why we have different weight classes. Um, you know, again, you know, you're not going to have Pacquiao going up against Muhammad Ali. There's two very different types of fighters right there. Those two very different types of uh, of styles of punching abilities. No, I, again, no doubt that they can both knock the hell out of me. But at the same time, you're, you're there. It's there for a reason. We realize that you know bigger people will be stronger. It's just it's just simple fact. And again, you, everyone wants to talk about look at the science. Well, this is the science. And this is something that we've known about for centuries. We've known about this since, you know, since the, since the beginning uh, of human civilization, all the way back to the times of, uh, you know, when Homo sapiens first uh, came about. I mean, we've also been the most dominant species on the planet with having these gender roles. And that's an undeniable fact. We've been able to accomplish and evolve far past most uh, sentient or all sentient uh, life forms on this planet uh, because of our ability to be, to be able to provide and to be able to uh, nourish each other. And these generals have always worked. And this is not some sort of, you know, men that go their own way in self-talk. This is just something where the proof is in the pudding. You find that even in the ranger regiments, in the army ranger regiments, and I've spoken to rangers before, They'll tell you, yeah, well, they, they kind of uh, allowed, the, the drill instructors allowed for you to, you know, for the women to, like, pass on a little bit where they would have just axed other people out. And it's just, a, and again, now these are an elite, that's an elite fighting force. Uh, you know, no other way to put it. When you look at the, I think there was, I mean, you wanted to put up the um, the athletic uh, standards for the, was it the police department? Yeah, so when I went through the police, uh, police department, we did the Cooper test. So the Cooper test is it is uh, the numbers are put up by the Cooper Institute, and basically by age group there is uh, there are reps and it tells you what percentage of the population you are in. So if you can do if you are uh, at the time I was in my twenties, so my standard for entrance to the police academy was twenty nine push ups without rest. For a, I don't remember what it was for a woman, but I know it was less. It might have been fifteen. It was it it's 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 a big difference. Um, the run times are different. And again, I went to the police academy with a shoulder injury and I was knocking out. I think my best push up was probably maybe about 88, maybe 93 because I had to save some energy for the run because I'm a terrible long distance runner. Uh, still past it. But I there was not one girl who I think beat 50. Not one. Again, 50 push ups is, is a good amount for the average person. But if we're talking about upper body strength if we're talking about again cardio fight we're talking about fighting we're talking about a life or death situation i have all the respect for every woman that went to the police academy with me 
life or death situation where we can't go to deadly force where it's hands on hands and we're wrestling for a knife or something. I don't want them. I want the dude who was six, three, who was two sixty, who could literally pick us both up like we're cats and be like, cut it out because you don't want to risk it. And again, it's not to diminish women. It's not to diminish women, police officers, not to diminish the service that women soldiers give to this country. It's to just drive home that biological difference that is so important for sports because that's what this whole conversation is about. It's about protecting women's sports. It's about making sure that we protect opportunities for women in sports. It's about protecting the safety, right? High school sports, you get a 17-year-old boy against a 17-year-old girl in anything that could have contact, like something like soccer, something like lacrosse, right? It's not there's no there's no contact on purpose but you have a lot of incidental contact soccer players get a ton of concussions you could seriously injure female players by having a biological male on the field and the fact ball oh yeah yeah and um i forgot what it was there was uh i think it was the australian open a while a long time ago where that guy who was ranked like 206 he beat venus and serena williams they played like one set each they did uh you know first to six and he beat them both. He beat, I think he beat Serena 6-1 and he beat Venus 6-2. He was ranked like 206th. And Venus and, and they're both the best women, the best, the best women, yeah. The, the best women tennis players in the world got smoked by a dude. Smoked. And, and that's not to diminish, you know, that's not to diminish their accomplishments. It's a great thing. And great and even better, they're American. So yeah, you know, they are the so best they, women. Again, Serena Williams is probably the best female tennis player of all time. Yeah. And that is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. But she got beat down on the court by a guy ranked over 200. Mm-hmm. And whether mm-hmm. or not it was serious, again, even if it wasn't serious, they probably both weren't taking it seriously. It was a friendly match. Like, you go out and you play. You want to win, but it's right. not like, you know, you're not out there winning money. Anytime you step on the court, if you're a serious athlete, you play to win. You don't yeah. just show up. And do you think she wanted to show up and get embarrassed? No. Especially by this. You guys ranked 200. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to win. She absolutely wanted to win because if she would have won, she could have, this would have been a whole thing. Serena Williams beats, beats man at Australian open. It would have been a whole thing. Oh yeah. I mean, no, it would have been great, but I mean, I would have said by, I like loss too. I would have been like, all right, maybe I got to play serious. And that's just giving the benefit of the doubt, you know? Uh, But if you're the number one person, and you're representing not only like you're representing your division, but you're also re- representing yourself in being number one. And then you get outplayed by a person that's ranked in in, in complete different percentile than you are. Then come on, there, there's no, there's not going to be much room to believe that. Oh well, uh, maybe um, you know, maybe they just uh, she was just trying to be nice to him. Nah, nah. You're you're out there to win. We're all competitive by nature, um, and it was just, it just highlights again the differences now. We are not necessarily third wave feminists by any kind, but if you compare, <laughs> I'm being serious. If you, if you Understatement of the century, Gabe. Understatement if, of the century. But it feels like we've been, we're doing more in discussing and putting this information out there to make sure that women have a, have a place and uh, in, in highlighting their achievements more than current feminists are. Right, because women are not men. Men are not women and women are not men. And we have things that are separate, and that's great. If women were the same as men, we wouldn't get along. We wouldn't be able to do all the things that we want to do. 98% of what men do is not to impress other men. It's to impress women. So if women were the same as men, we wouldn't do all these amazing things to impress them. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of driving factors into this, and I think having, uh, having Jim Status on as a guest – uh, he could definitely delve into that, um, you know, in, in another episode, because I, I really want to see, uh, you know, what people, what other people's thoughts on this are. And this is coming from you do personal training. You're a personal trainer. Yes. You've also went to the police academy. Uh, the most uh, physical fitness thing, I dabbled in martial arts when I was younger. Uh, and I am, and again, I, I passed the basic training. I'm a soldier. That's what I, that's what I know. And that's what I trained for. Uh, and to maintain a, a bit of a health standard here. So two types of combat, um, combat focused uh, job, job routes or career paths that we've taken. You've taken it farther by actually studying the body. You've taken it further by actually uh, knowing, knowing how to get people from, you know, a, a fat body into 
decent health, if not pushing themselves to you know the, their limits, the best that they can be. And there are still people there that will tell you that you're that you and I both you know that we don't know what we're talking about, that we haven't seen this before. And the irony behind it is that they haven't gone to the gym themselves and and seen the, the sorts of differences that that uh, that take place even in that sort of controlled environment. But they haven't even gone or participated in any sports or been in sort of uh, a camaraderie uh, environment. If you look at the at the people that Leah Thomas beat, there's a there's a picture of her standing by herself, and then the three runners up, the females, the biological women that were there, all took pictures together, and it shows the the, the difference. There was sportsmanship at the end of that match, but it wasn't with someone who they knew robbed them of an opportunity. They knew it wasn't a fair fight. And, and how so, how disenfranchising is that to young girls to right. see that to go, oh, so if. Uh, if a biological male just decides that he wants to compete in women's sports, whether he's trying, again, it doesn't matter what the reason is. I don't even care what the reason is. Whether you really believe you're a woman, whether, you know, you believe you're a, uh, a female unicorn, I don't care what the reason is. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. For young girls who play sports, how disenfranchising is that to see if a biological male decides he's going to step on the courts, you know, jump in the pool, step in the octagon with me, I have no chance you're you're crushing dreams before they even start mm-hmm. and you learn a lot of amazing things through sports why so i always advocate that people should play sports boys girls whatever at least until you know while they're growing up because you learn teamwork you learn work ethic you learn what it means to to work hard for something you learn what it means to win you learn what it means to lose and these things that you can't learn outside of sports at that age right you can learn it in the military you can learn teamwork you can learn you know, sacrifice and hard work in the military, but you're not learning that at six years old. You're not learning that at eight years old. You know, at eight years old, I'm learning what it means to like, you know, I remember we used to go to intercamps when I went to sleep away and this guy skated up and he, and he, and he hit our goalie in the shin pads. And one of the defensemen just came up and just cross checked the hell out of him. And we brought, you stand up for somebody. This is my guy. Don't touch my guy. And you learn those things in sports that you can't learn until you're an adult and only in certain career paths. So you're disenfranchising a generation of young women from playing sports, from being able to compete, from being able to have the benefits of having a healthy lifestyle of regular exercise, of having that camaraderie with teammates, of learning how to get along with people, learning how to work together with people. And it's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. No matter how, no matter how much you want to, you know, put down on the puberty blockers or the hormone treatment therapy, depending on the stage of the game that you're at here in life, you're gonna have you're gonna have that um, that female that transition or the, the male that transition to being a female rather, still having higher testosterone levels. There, they can almost compete at that same level, and it's something that's extremely, extremely. It, it's troubling because what happens what sets the precedent for the future are we going to be able to just abolish you know uh are we going to be just abolish all gender sort of sports so this is the tier list we're going to have biological men people who transition and then women if that's the route we're going to take just so that everyone can feel better about themselves and who they are and yet this is having real impact consequences towards people's uh ability to provide for themselves for their families for their careers and opportunities for them. Again, that's what it boils down to. It's a domino effect. It's not just winning a little championship. It's not just winning uh, a, you know, a medal. People want to place so much emphasis on mental health. This can really hurt someone's self-esteem. And again, it just it spirals from there. And we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be doing this to people, uh, especially if we're going to, if we want to talk about the marginalization of women throughout history. Well, now you're doing it again. I mean, even to throw a bit of a joke out there, the woman of the year used to be a man. In, in the form of Caitlyn Jenner, like we are now allowing almost it's almost like an a quote invasive species, all right, to be able to come in from one end of the spectrum to the other, and you know, and these are the people that are against the pay again against the patriarchy. But you're right. allowing men to then dominate the women's section of society, right? So what so what are you really doing? You're not doing anything. Because, again, we've said this a million times, left-wing ideology is unsustainable, right? It's absolutely ridiculous on its face. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 at some point, it's like, it's silly. Like, right. like, come on, there has to be an endgame. And I've told people before, there is no endgame. Because activism has no endgame. Because it's about money. 
It's about money and attention. So how do I get money and attention? Oh, let's find a new cause. Let's find a new cause. And there will always be another one. So this whole thing where we did for years where we acquiesce because, yeah, you know what? We're fine. We're fine with this. You know, it's not a big deal. We'll acquiesce. And then it was, okay, so what do we need next? Okay, we need this. And then we need this. And then we did because it will not end. So you can't keep drawing a line in the sand. You got to stand there and you got to push back. Yeah. And this is the last thing I'll say. And, you know, this is something that I've said before here is if the left Democrats, if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards whatsoever. And this is just another example that proves that point. Just like we've been proving the point this whole show with numbers and statistics of the differences. And we're the only ones here that are one of the only people on here uh, on these horrible, horrible social media platforms that are actually talking about the truth here. Yeah, and it's important. And uh, I think it's a great place to end. So everyone who was watching, thank you so much. Please like, share, subscribe, rate us on uh, all platforms, podcasts, Facebook, all those things. It helps us. Uh, again, please, please visit our website, EmpireStateConservatives.com. Uh, Gabe, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find you on the social media platforms? Sure. So you can find me uh, on Instagram at Baron.Montalvo, B-A-R-O-N dot Montalvo. You also have uh, me on Facebook at uh, Gabriel Montalvo. And just type in my name on Google and that should be able to pull up some of my wonderful things over there. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on Facebook where we are heavily restricted. I get emails every single month saying we're going to lose access to our page at Empire State Conservatives on Instagram, where I usually get the same message at underscore Empire State Conservatives on Twitter, where we might have been banned. I will double check at uh, Empire State Cons and on Getter at you can follow me at Evan ESC. Um, I'm not really on Getter a lot. It's hard for us to get our stuff on there because the way the platform is set up, but there will be more stuff on there. And once again, please, 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 if you can, EmpireStateConservatives.com, any merchandise you buy goes to help us fight back against shadow bans. Again, how amazing is this T-shirt? If you're just listening on audio, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, and check out our video for all these podcasts. It's an amazing T-shirt. You will see, when all the other ones are amazing too, you will see leftist cry. You should see the looks I get walking around Long Island in these shirts. It's, it's a beautiful, I see tears welling up behind their eyes. It's amazing. Yeah, well, if you're over there on those sites anyways, might as well like and subscribe. Yeah, do that. And please share. Please share with like-minded people. Please share with people who you think might benefit from listening. People who are uninformed. People who you think have an open mind. And if you really want to piss someone off, share our show with someone who is super left and they will just cry and rage and probably block you on all social media. So for that, I'm Evan. That's Gabe. Everybody, keep men out of women's sports and don't let fear take your freedom. (laughs) 